y dos, y dos, una, y dos, y dos. Hello and welcome to Cortez NYC Livestream, the podcast. This show broadcasts twice a week out of New York City. We are your hosts, Cortez NYC. And Carla de Puerto Rico. And on the show, we talk about art, creativity, city life. From a Latino perspective, I'm a visual artist. And I'm a singer. And this is episode 30, Fathers in Art. As always, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Podbean. And also on social media on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram. We want to give a shout out to all our listeners in the United States. New York, Maryland, California, Washington, Oregon, New Jersey, Colorado, Massachusetts, and Utah. Thank you for listening. We're only two weeks away from the Street Art Expo. Don't forget I will be there Sunday, June 24th. I will be signing, sketching, and selling original artwork as well as launching my new merchandise. So go check me out there. Find out more information on streetartexpo.com. Fathers in art. So the theme is because Father's Day is coming up. I figured we would talk about, and I'm a father. Mm-hmm. We would talk about um, being a father who's an artist. How and many people out there that are parents, that are artists, and are parents. Yeah. Uh, what age is the right age to start teaching your kids about art? Should you teach your kids about art? How should you go about doing it if you are going to do it? And what should be your expectations? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, number one, the question is, should you? Yeah, I think you should. You should teach them. Why do you think people should teach? If you're, if you're an artist and you're a parent, why should you teach your kids art? I mean, because it is something that it's going to help the child in the future, I feel. Even if they don't see it right away, um... If you start doing it since they're very little, they start to create a different perspective of life. And they start to create their own personalities. So, and then it's coming from their own families. So I think it's a good thing. I mean, some, some people feel that, that no, you shouldn't because you should let kids do the, decide what they want to do. You right. know? Um, other people look at it like like it's a hobby or like a pastime kind of like if you if you like playing football then you don't you shouldn't force your kids to play football because they're gonna hate it yeah but i feel like kids when they're little they are learning not because they want to but because of what things you put in front of them so it's like a child um let's say that has a family that is bilingual but they learn to just speak in english it's not the child fault it's the family's fault because they didn't teach the child spanish when the child was little for example i mean that's another that's another issue right there some people say you shouldn't teach your kids another language a second language Mm -hmm. because it'll affect their primary language yeah it'll Mm -hmm. confuse them some people say that yeah um but I, I don't really think it confuses people. I think that it creates a more complex personality, but that is good because it's something that they can learn to develop and learn to work with it. True, true. Um, 
I think I guess also it, ma it, it makes a difference is how do you see the thing that you're going to teach his kids? Like, how do you see art? If you're an artist, is it work? You know, mm -hmm. are, you a, are you a commercial artist and you're a working artist, you're a graphic designer and you're like, ah, I don't want to teach my kids this. Well, who cares? Are you a fine artist? Right. You know what I mean? Are you, is your house filled with art? Therefore, you should teach them about art. That way they understand you better. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That That's part of it. That's, that's another part of the, before we even get into how to do it, it's another part of the things you should ask yourself before you attempt to teach your kids about art. Um... Yeah, because that way it's gonna, the way you define it for yourself, then it's gonna be easier for your child to understand why are you teaching them um, everything about art, for example, or whatever thing you're very passionate about. Yeah. Uh, I mean, whether it's music or, yeah. I mean, even if it's cooking, what if you're a chef? Mm -hmm. I'm sure if you're a chef, mm -hmm. people are gonna ask if you have kids, that you're gonna ask them, are you teaching your kids how to cook? Mm hmm. I think I got a lot of those questions also once my kids were a little older, like once they were like five or six, people people kept coming and asking me once they found out I had kids, they were like, oh my God, your kids must draw really great. You must be teaching your kids how to art, how to do art. You must be teaching them blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I started feeling pressure like I'm supposed to, you know what I mean? And then another, on the other side, I was like, I started feeling like, well, if I start teaching them about art, what if they, what if I push them away from art by mm -hmm. teaching them about art? What if? What if I should just let them learn on their own and then maybe they'll learn it in school or something and that will become, you know, their their passion. Yeah. Um, maybe I might be taken away from their passion for art by trying to teach it to them. I think in my situation, I have two sons that now they're, you know, they're late teens, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, and early teens. So I first started understanding that I would have to have art in their life is when they started looking at my art three years old. And they start, they start to realize that you're making art in the house. You're, you're drawing or you're painting or you're, or you're in the middle of doing stuff. And then they come in and start trying to interrupt you and starting to grab your supplies and, and grab stuff. And you start to realize, well, I'm going to have to teach them about this so that they can respect it. So they don't destroy it. Mm -hmm. And so they don't hurt themselves by accident with, with a spray can or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I'm going to have to show them what these tools are. But then when they started asking about it and they started pointing out stuff in the artwork and they started looking at my art and saying well, what's this and you know what's that and oh yeah you know and i like that and uh, mm -hmm. like if they saw graffiti pieces and they would look at it they didn't know what the hell the thing gra the graffiti piece was but they saw the colors they saw the mm -hmm. shapes and they were like oh wow you know blah 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 the blue thing or whatever i think by a certain age i would say for them probably by the time they were about three or four is when i started realizing okay they're gonna they're gonna have it in their life i don't know what it's gonna mean for them i don't but i'm gonna have to start to little by little yeah explain some of it to them yeah um then then the same thing with the music because i always had instruments around the house so around that same age i started seeing that like uh, my older son he started plucking the, the guitar strings mm -hmm. you know and i had a keyboard and then he started banging on the keyboard and he thought that was entertaining and then i was like all right you know maybe i should so he doesn't destroy the instruments exactly. i'll show him how to respect the instrument how to treat it nicely and maybe he'll even like it so i started showing him a little bit like oh this is how you this is how you strum the guitar you strum it like this little by little they begin to develop their own interest and curiosity into it my older son started to take on to making things at a very early age like at six i would say five or six he started to he started to make like little sculptures out of paper and tape hmm. 
mm-hmm. and 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 I would like entertain him, and I would make like little figures, and I would like try to like sort of like semi origami kind of little sculptural things with tape. Yeah. Just to like make things for him to entertain himself and, and waste time. So I would just like make a little figurine or something, and then he started making his own, and he started grabbing paper crumbling it wrapping tape tightly around it almost like making using it almost like clay <laughs> and he would make these huge objects and i just let him go wild like mm-hmm. i i would just bring more tape i would just buy more masking tape and give him more copy paper and be like go to town just have fun with it yeah. and he would he would create all these things none of it was permanent none of it we really kept but but it was just really interesting to see him just have fun with it yeah you know and it and that i encouraged so I didn't really teach him anything. I didn't even say it was sculpture. I was just like, oh, you're making things. All right, cool. Let's make more things. And I, and I just left it like that. And I would see that he would, he would follow suit and, and want to do it, you know, on right. his own. He would, he would start, if he found those supplies, he would start to make things. He was very, very creative in that sense. Um, then, I would, then I started seeing that he would start to draw because he was learning some basic drawing and writing in school Mm -hmm. so right away i started realizing okay well he's starting to draw he's starting to color a little bit so i started to just give him stuff as i was drawing i would just give him supplies and say okay you go ahead and draw too and i started to see that he was getting really good at drawing um and then the little one was coming up in age uh, because they're like four years apart so the little one was like two and he didn't know what he was doing he was Mm -hmm. just like (laughs) (laughs) putting crayons in his mouth yeah exactly (laughs) so I think that little age was an interesting age of just observing them. Hmm. Not so much teaching them anything, but just observing and realizing how they interact with, with things. And, and even uh, at that age, I, I had GarageBand back then and I would put on microphone and I put on some beats and like mm-hmm. he would see me making beats or something and he would come in and I'd be like, here, talking to the microphone. And he would start screaming stuff into the microphone and all that and having fun with it and hearing his own voice. And I was like, all right, that's good for him. That, that, that's fun. Um, I play those things back for him now, and he gets all embarrassed. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, it's funny. He he did a song back then. Uh, he he loved sea sea uh, sea life, right? So he made a song called "I Love Sharks," and all he said was "I love sharks. Sharks are the best. Sharks are over a beat." It was hilarious. Um, and I play that for him, and he thinks it's hilarious. But um, I mean, but I think that that's kind of smart and good from your part, right? To just let them be and let them uh, touch things, create things, take the colors you want, do whatever you want. Because at that t- at, at that age, I feel like it's okay for them to experiment, but not necessarily to learn rules because they might not follow them exactly precisely. And then also um, another thing is that this happened before they were able to get into video games and all that i exactly. guess that's why they had all this time exactly. to just do whatever they wanted to do it's those with young, their hands it's those younger age ages you got to take advantage of mm-hmm. to say they're they're young enough that they can't really get wrapped into video games or ipads or yeah you know anything else and and it's a perfect time to give them something to do themselves to make something and even if they don't realize it that will stay with them forever yeah so Moving on to older age, um, once they started getting into their like, you know, eight and twelve, you mm-hmm. know, like that, those ages, 
I started to kind of question them a little more because mm-hmm. I started to see that they would, they started wanting to draw, like if they saw me drawing in a black book, they wanted to draw in a black book. Mm-hmm. If they saw me doing sketching, they wanted to sketch too, mm-hmm. right? So then I started saying, okay, you guys want to sketch? I'll give you a book, start <laughs> sketching. And I started seeing that they would really get into it and they would make time to do it. I mean, uh, my older son has got a great imagination, very creative. He would he would write he th- he was mixing his his the the information he was learning in school mm-hmm. in science class he was mm-hmm. mixing it with what i was showing him in art because he would make these little booklets he would use his little black book almost as an encyclopedia he would draw an animal and then write all the facts about the animal mm-hmm. and then he would draw another animal and then write all the facts about that animal and it would drive me a little crazy because he would get so obsessed with writing all the facts but i realized what he was doing he was he was assimilating when he was realizing what the, what he was seeing in these textbooks mm-hmm. and he was trying to realize it in his in his own sketchbook as if it was a textbook and i encouraged it because he was doing really good things i mean he he was memorizing facts letting the facts out and also drawing pretty pretty good detailed drawings of these animals that he liked mm-hmm. um i still have these books i think i think they're great but um that's when i started sen- i started realizing okay n- he's good at this i should try to show him some basic techniques so that his creativity isn't just wasted or frustrated you know there might be more that he wants to say in these drawings that he doesn't have the language to say i should show him something Mm -hmm. so i started to try to show him i would sit down with him i try to show him how to draw from direct observation that was a big thing for me was like i know that kids are not taught this in school and and i know that they're going to be taught how to make circles how to make straight lines how to do how to fill in colors and all that but they don't really teach you how to draw from observation so i started showing him how to draw his toys my shoes the plants you know things like that yeah um and i would have him draw something and then i would sit down and i would draw something from direct observation and then i would draw it in his sketchbook and and then i would tell him hey what do you want me to draw next and he would bring me another toy and I would draw it. And he would bug out because he would look at it and be like, wow, it looks pretty... Like, his eyes mm-hmm. were like, wow, you're like, you really are drawing what I'm seeing. Uh-huh. Um, and I think that developed a fun play with him. Like, we would play around this way. That we would entertain each other that way. Um, and then the little one started coming up in age to, the, to being able to draw. And he started drawing superheroes. He liked superheroes a lot. He started drawing cartoon characters and superheroes. And... That's when the little one and the big one started entertaining each other with cartoons. Hmm. And that's when I realized, like, they were using it for their own purposes. Mm-hmm. And I stepped away. Mm-hmm. And I started seeing that by a certain age, the one would draw something, a cartoon character, and the other one would try to draw another cartoon character to, to kind of battle that cartoon yeah, character. Yeah. They, they were doing this back and forth. And then I started having to come in and referee a little bit when the older one would critic criticize the younger one's drawings because it didn't look like what he thought it should look like (laughs) and i started to have to now teach them how to how to look at art and how to respect art and how to how to describe art Mm -hmm. and 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 criticize constructively art right (laughs) you know and appreciate other people's art and and i had to teach them that early that's tough you know and i i even felt when i would draw with them that i didn't want to go too hard on the drawings exactly. because i didn't want to scare them away from it exactly. to be like oh dad you're so good at it i don't want you i don't want to draw exactly so i would also kind of dumb down my drawings to kind of like let us all be having fun mm-hmm. 
Um, I also started making things up with them, making games. I started, um, I did a thing called Battleboard. Yeah, they I were remember so, that Battleboard. <laughs> they were so into toys and they were so into Pokemon and the Yu-Gi-Oh cards and all this stuff. And they were so into it that they would just sit around looking at the cards and, and, and trading the cards between the two of them. They weren't trading anywhere. They were just, <laughs> yeah, you take these cards. Okay, how, the little one would go to him. But I didn't get the right card. Yeah, the big one would be like, I gave you the best one. And then he was like, no, you didn't. Those have bigger numbers. And, and oh, it was this God. constant thing back and forth, back and forth. And so I started saying, well, if these guys, and then they, then at, by that age, they started getting to video games. Mm, so okay. to, to get to get them off of the video games and to get to get them away from staring at these Yu-Gi-Oh cards all day, I was like, let's make up a game. I, I made up a basic rolling of the dice kind of game. You move the dice, you move forward. When you get to the other character, you roll the dice. The highest number wins, yay! And you won. <laughs> and then you, you knock the other toy off the off the board. Yeah. And I started having them draw the dice. Mm-hmm. And we would spend a day, two days, over a weekend just drawing dice. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, and give the dice, each dice, give it a superpower. Like number one <laughs> is a lightning bolt. Number two is a whatever. And they would sit there drawing it. I would take it, cut it out, tape it together, make a make a dice out of it that it can roll. Yeah. All disposable, just made out of paper. But it was fun. And I would teach them to be delicate with it and all that. And, and they played with it. Mm-hmm. And they would be like, oh, yeah, we're going to play. And they already, once we established rules and all that, they would actually play with it. And we would make a whole board out of cardboard. And we would divide it into grids and color it up. I would, I would have them spend a whole weekend, two days, <laughs> just coloring the freaking board. Here's a bunch of markers. Here's a bunch of color pencils. Draw. <laughs> Decorate that board up. Make it all funky, you know? Yeah. Um, and that... I remember was some of the best times where we would all really enjoy making art. Mm-hmm. Um, later on, once my older son started get becoming like 14, 15, 16 is when he started slowing down and he only really just wanted to play video games. Yeah. And and do homework if he had to do homework. Right. You know, and, and drawing, I saw him fizzling out and, I, I, and then I started having to kind of force him to draw. Mm-hmm. I had to... I had to kind of encourage him, almost push him a little, a little like, yeah. come on, make some time to draw. Like, I was like, you know, you used to love to draw. What's going on? Because, and, and it's not because I want him to be a great artist. It's just because I want him to stop playing so much video games and yeah, like, all yeah. these other things. And I was like, and, and to not sit there and be like, I'm bored. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the little one started taking more of an interest in it. I think because he saw me pushing the older one, he, he was like, I still like to draw. And he started drawing. Mm-hmm. And then that's when the little one started to get up early in the morning and surprise me. Like he would just be on his own up in the morning, first guy up in the house, and he would be at his turn on the light, put out the markers, and just be drawing. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, well, oh, "Wow, you're really drawing on your own. That's yeah. cool." Yeah, you yeah. know. Um, and then what we fast forward to now, where you know my older son's 18, my younger son is 14, and. Uh, my older son doesn't doesn't really care about drawing. I mean, <laughs> I mean, but the thing is that when he does it, he's amazing. Yeah, he's very good. He he's he. If you ask him to do the things that he loves, sea animals. Mm-hmm. So if you ask him to paint a fish, mm-hmm. to do it with co- color pencils and markers, those he makes colors it, that he makes and everything and the, and the shapes and ah, it looks like a painting. It's beautiful. It's amazing. It's mm-hmm. amazing. I have a nice book that I gave him. I gave him a. The last book that I gave him was a, a thick stock sketchbook um, that has cardstock paper, and and he 
He has a nice series of, of illustrations in there of sea, of sea animals. And I've told him, like, don't turn any pages out. I haven't pressured him to continue. The next yeah. time he comes over, I'm going to tell him, hey, you know, why don't you bring the book and, like, let's sit down and do another one. I'm sure he'll do one every mm-hmm. four months, five months. Yeah. I, I don't care if, it, if it's that takes that long, but I think he shouldn't let that go because there's something there. He might learn about that later in mm. life. Yeah. Now, the younger son, my younger son, he's 14 now. He's going to be going to art school. He wants to be an artist. He, at, at a certain point, he started talking about wanting to design video games. He started talking about wanting to be a toy maker. And he's got, he sees that there's artists all in the family. And he's, he's not afraid to express it. He, he took to it well. So he, him on his own, he has decided to, that he wants to learn more about art. So I've been teaching him more. So with him, I've actually begun actual teaching. Like, I've actually sat on the computer. I've actually showed him things, how to do things in the computer. I've actually taught him some of the basic things about drawing. I've gone with him on museum mm-hmm. for, for, like, three years now. We've been going to museums, yeah. sketching from direct observation, breaking that shyness, you know, not being afraid to show that he's an artist to the public. Um, and and it's it's worked. I mean, I, I've, I've seen it. I, I still see that he needs discipline on his own. Right. I haven't enforced discipline to be like, listen, you know, you're slacking. Like, you need to get back on it. Like, I don't see you really doing stuff. But I think that he is got a lot of talent and he's showing the drive for it. And he's seeing that it's more than just a hobby. I think it's just a matter of him realizing it for himself once he goes to an art school and, and is surrounded by his own peers mm-hmm. to see what where does he fit you know in that world yeah i think once he gets to that level he's gonna maybe figure out how to be better at it and then also how to communicate with other students that are gonna be at his his same level all right so i'm gonna wrap this up with a quick list of suggestions how to how to teach kids to draw all right i found this online And I think some of these steps I actually followed uh, unconsciously, but I did follow them. So number one, make art part of the routine. Uh, Incorporate art making into playtime. Make an art zone if you want to isolate the mess. Tape down paper for them to draw on and spill on. You know, just let let it be fun, let it be messy, and make it part of the routine. Don't make it a learning lesson, just let it be playtime. So make art part of the routine. Number two, don't teach. Children develop motor skills with every scribble. They also develop creativity, invention, and self-expression. Um, so don't bother teaching them anything. If you're talking about little kids, just let them do their thing because they're going to teach themselves. Avoid the impulse to correct them. Don't bother correcting them. Don't bother trying to make it a teaching thing. Just let them make their own mistakes. Let them do their thing and discover it for themselves. Number three, make observations. Rather than praising or correcting a child's art, just observe it. Just comment on the process. Just say, "Hey, that looks really interesting. What you're doing? Oh, that looks really that looks really difficult. I like what I like how you're doing that." Or you know, just make observations, but don't praise it. Like, "Wow, you're amazing. That's a great piece of art," and don't correct it because if you just make it an observational thing, they're gonna start to look at their own art and observe it as well, and not criticize themselves. Uh, Number four, ask open-ended questions. Avoid asking, what is it? When presented with a drawing, instead ask, can you tell me about your drawing? Let the child tell you about his art. Bring his art to you. 
-hmm. Don't make assumptions about what the art is. Don't say, hey, that's a great horse. And then he's going to be like, I was drawing a dog. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like avoid pinning them down to what they were drawing and instead let them explain to you what are they doing. Yeah, yeah. Number five, make art part of the emotional process. If a child is experiencing a strong emotion, offer them paper and markers and or some clay. If a child is having a tantrum, suggest that they make an angry painting or an angry picture. If they're sad, make a sad one. So make it, tie, tie their emotional si situation with their art and hopefully they'll make connections between the marks that they're making and expressing themselves. Number six, affirm pre-writing. Around two and a half to three and a half years of age, children will begin drawing squiggles meant to represent words. These drawings are a child's first step towards writing. So don't confuse the scribbles with being scribbles. They're actually the attempt at communicating. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting that scribbles at that age, scribbles and words are, are art. They all blend together like graffiti. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. And number seven, display and save their drawings. Putting children's art up is a way of letting them know their work is interesting and important. Rather than praising every individual drawing, display it. You don't have to put every piece of art up. Ask each child what would they like displayed and turn it into a rotating gallery. The best thing you could do for them is to encourage their art by displaying it. It'll let them take pride in it and it'll teach them to preserve art and to acknowledge art as something important. Good luck. Culture talk. Seriously? <laughs> what do you got for us on this culture talk, Carla? So, we're gonna be talking about the history of Father's Day. Ooh. What is Father's Day? Father's Day is a celebration honoring fathers and celebrating fatherhood paternal bonds and the influence of fathers in society. Um, it started back in Catholic Europe and it has been celebrated on March 19th, St. Joseph Day since the Middle Ages. Wow. And it was in St. Joseph Day because you know that St. Joseph was basically Jesus' father even though he wasn't oh, his father. Oh, Joseph. Joseph. Jose. Maria y Jose. Got he comes you. from over there. So, wow, I never thought of that. Yeah. So uh, this celebration was brought by the Spanish and Portuguese to Latin America, where March 19 is often still used for it, though many countries in Europe and the Americas has ado have adopted the U.S. date, which is the third Sunday of June, um, which is June 17 for this 2018. So... Um, as part of the Father's Day history, it's interesting that in the United States, it was started because there was one lady that she was actually trying to say to the community, hey, why don't we celebrate fathers the same way we celebrate mothers? We have Mother's Day and we see everybody celebrate mothers, but we don't have anything for fathers. So good woman, good woman. 
Finally, so, somebody spoke up. <laughs> yeah, so so she started to talk into the community, and after a lot of hard work and and basically promoting the idea to churches, to YMCA's and stuff like that around the community, um, she got everybody to celebrate at least in that state, and then it passed into a national level, and then it was recognized as. Father's Day, the third June, uh, the third Sunday of June, um, as an important celebration of parental love, as we celebrate Mother's Day, um, and obviously the history of Father's Day has to do also with how commercial was it. People were not, people didn't want it to celebrate Father's Day because they were saying, well. Fathers, they don't really have that emotional bond with child. And what are you going to buy them? Fathers, you cannot buy them flowers. And they don't really expect anything like that. But then um, when it was finally a national celebration, they saw an increase on sales on tobacco, alcohol, and stuff like that. <laughs> the fathers will enjoy. So at the end of the day, yeah, it became a commercial thing as all of these celebrations that we have in the United States, obviously. Right. Um, and then up to now, we now we celebrate fathers. Um, they're great. In Latin America, there's still some countries that celebrated on March 19th, but the majority of countries celebrated um, same date as the United States. Mm. Yeah. So... We're talking Father's Day, and I guess we have to talk about our experiences with Father's Day. Yeah. Um, so I think I will start because mine will be shorter. Oh <laughs> All right, you don't have to get too personal. No, no, I'm not going to get too personal. But um, um, in my family, it was, it was more celebrated Mother's Day because, well, my mother raised me, and it, uh, I lived with my grandmother, My grandfather passed away when I was little, so after he passed away, we will celebrate Father's Day for my uncle and other uncles, but it wasn't like a huge celebration. I guess it was more because it was on a Sunday, I will go to church, we will celebrate fathers, the fathers that go to church, right? Um, and tell them Happy Father's Day and all that, but it wasn't really like a big deal until I moved, I moved to New York. Obviously, I got married to a father <laughs> and and now it's like okay so you know it's a celebration that like, that i look forward to even more than mother's day and that i know that is something that we can celebrate together yeah i guess i guess you have you were in a household with two mothers exactly so no matter what three mothers yeah yeah so you you know you had multi-generational situation there you know mm -hmm. your grandmother your mother and you had family actual family bonds with your i guess your aunt yeah yeah that. so so yeah I, i could see that and then i'm sure like your cousins all females and all that i'm sure exactly. you all got together the majority. a big pack of women there exactly. celebrating mother's day like exactly mother's like it was day. super bowl yeah <laughs> like it was a world cup <laughs> for mother's day everybody had a gift you have to get a gift for all the mothers and you know how many you have but yeah. for father's day it was like we don't have that many fathers here yeah. you yeah, know so, it's still so a now, celebration but so now now here obviously so you know 
we're together and mm -hmm. obviously we have that and you see it in my life and more you because you have a group of friends that they're fathers correct which, so, which is a, a it's more of a recent phenomenon in my life mm -hmm. um even though their their kids you know their their kids already they're pretty big now <laughs> yeah yeah but um but i would say you know within the past six years seven years you know i've i've suddenly had friends that in my that i can say you know we can celebrate together father's day mm -hmm. um for a long time i was the only guy who had kids kids <laughs> yeah um so i mean for me father's day uh growing up father's day was always just that dumb thing that they force you to do in school you know you, you do a, a father's day card and you make yeah. it out of a make it look like a tie <laughs> yeah uh, and and you bring it home and then you just give it to your father or you know or if your father's not around you know you mail it to him or something and, yeah. and that's it like that's father's that's day that's <laughs> it um and i think even later on like in life i still do, you know i would do i would do father's day i love my dad and I, and i you know i always respected him very much and mm -hmm. and i i would always do something for father's day i would bring him something give him something try to celebrate it with him mm -hmm. you know where even later on when i moved out of out of my house and i and i started having my own life i would still go back home and try to spend time with him and do something special for father's day always my whole life mother's day as well mm -hmm. um but i think father's day really hit me over the head obviously it was when i became a father yeah um especially and here's my story for father's day especially <laughs> because my my older son born substantially premature on father's day weekend yeah the day before father's day and the the day the morning of my father's marriage my father was getting married so we had all planned that sunday we were going to go to my father's wedding you know he was, in, he was having his second marriage and it was a big event and i was like that's my father and he's getting married on that date and it was father's day weekend and on top of that my son is born he comes premature hmm. and i ended up going to my father I, i missed half the wedding um but when i showed up I, you know everybody was like oh my god like wow congratulations you know, mm. you know And I'm like, oh, my God. And I'm telling my dad, Dad, congratulations, you know, for getting married. And, like, it was just this weird thing of me realizing, like, you know, that the whole circle just hit me right over the head. The whole circle of life. Like, my father, now I'm a father, and it's Father's Day. And my father's moving on to his other stage in his life, getting remarried. And, and you know, I guess him feeling comfortable that me and my brother are, were already grown and, and on our own, that he could feel comfortable to move on with his next stage of his life mm -hmm. with his wife and um and then me realizing like i you know being a father now i'm entering this whole new stage and every year including this sunday you know i will be celebrating father's day with that memory in my head now yeah you know my, my son is 18 it's his birthday mm -hmm. he's 18 it's father's day it's his birthday i'll be calling my dad happy anniversary happy anniversary <laughs> You know, and it's been 18 years of this. Mm -hmm. So it's a long, it's a long history. And that really hit me over the head. And I think that it opened my eyes to a lot of things. Now, when I became a father for the second time, I was obviously more experienced. You know, second time, you're obviously more aware of what to expect. But my younger son was also premature. And 
not as crazy as the first situation but um but i think when my my, my younger son came into life I, I i started seeing fatherhood father's day and, and and fatherhood and all these things you know how they really do change your perspective and your priorities as a man and i guess father's day is the one time a year that we can really reflect on that yeah comfortably yeah because we're supposed to and mm -hmm. we're allowed to right because mm -hmm. the rest of the year it's called complaining <laughs> if we if we even reflect too much yeah. on being a father the rest of the year it's like well what are you complaining about you know like, i mean that's that's i guess that's another conversation for another episode but it is true and more i think in latino communities that fathers and males specifically cannot talk about their challenges and situations as freely as women in the society because the females are, are seen as they're the mothers they're the caregivers they're the one that take care of the babies and the family but you know males they have feelings too and they they go through some situations and it's not complaining it's just saying the truth you know what you're going through well so <laughs> then on the subject of father's day and the next generations mm -hmm. we came to that age and that stage in this whole generational story that i'm sharing with you guys where i had to remind my kids <laughs> for about father's day mm -hmm. um so i i i divorced and um You know, my kids live with their mother. They were they pretty much have been raised living with their mother. But I've I've seen my sons, you know, every other weekend, and we've we've kept close. Um, but the routine of Father's Day, for whatever reason, has fallen short on on them. And I, where I had to make a, a fuss about it and be like, hey, you know, like that's not the way you do things. Like, yeah. even with my own father, we I could be at a great distance, had not have a penny in my pocket, but I would still remember Father's Day and and make them a card by hand or something like just whatever you got to do just to you know i don't know i don't know how that that did not translate yeah yeah, yeah. um and then i that was another eye-opener you know that was that was like somewhere around 12 years old for them like they're early when they were they were old enough to know but still young enough to be ignorant and, mm -hmm. and i had to kind of remind them and open their eyes to that and be like hey you know you guys You see what I do for my father. You guys have to learn to do that too. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like Father's Day becomes a teachable moment where you're being a father on Father's <laughs> Day, having to teach your kids how to be good yeah. fathers in the future. Yeah. And I realized, well, that's that's life. Mm -hmm. That's the circle. And um, uh, maybe my father went through that too, and I didn't realize it. Exactly. You know what I mean? True. And and it, and I explained this to my kids too. I also told them, you know, um, my father is still a father to me. Mm -hmm. I'm 40 something years old and, and my father still talks to me like I'm his little boy and he and he wants to know about me and is concerned about me and that never ends. Fatherhood never ends. You wanted me to teach you, right? Hablando español, Carla. Hablando español. Okay, so first one, father. Padre. Yes. Wait, but we have other words. Padre and what else? What other? Padre, papá. Papá, papi. Papi. Yeah, papi también. Any other ones? No? Pa. Pa. Yeah, pa. Yes, I've heard people say pa. Hey, pa. Pa. Hey, pa. Okay. 
Okay, next one. Yes. Teach. Teach. Enseñar. Yes. Next one, passion. I think we did passion before, but I'll say it again. Pasión. Yes. Next one, sons. Sons, that's a good one. Hijos. Yes. Hijos, daughters, hijas. Mm -hmm. How do you say children? Niños. But niños is boys. No, because in Spanish, nah, the plurals. Uh, that's a mess. Yeah. Niños is boys. I've always had that trouble. Niños. When I'm trying to express children, but I if mean you girls. Have men, well, then you have to say, if it's a group of girls, no, then it's niñas. I'm if it's like a mix. But it's a mix, niños. Yeah. Los niños. That's a tricky one. Spanish. Get better. Spanish. Be better. Spanish. Be better. Uh, next one. Routine. Routina. Okay. Next one. Observation. Observation is observación. Yes. Next one. Corrector. Corrected or to correct. Corregir. Yes. Nailed it. Carla, come on. Next Give me a challenge. One. Give me a challenge, Carla. Question. Qu what? Question. You have a question for me? No. What is question? Oh, the word question. Yeah. Pregunta. Yeah. Next one, emotional. Emotional. Em emotional. Emotional, right? Sentimental? It's sentimental. Emotional, emotional. No? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Thank you, God. Left me hanging there for a minute. Next one, Father's yes. Day. Father's Day. Dia los padres. Yeah. Come on, Carla. Give me a challenge, man. Next I'm here. Give me a one. challenge. <laughs> give me a Father's Day challenge. Next one, fatherhood. 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 How do you say fatherhood in Spanish? You don't say fatherhood in Spanish. Yes, you do. Fatherhood? Yes, you do. Pa Paternidad? Yeah. <laughs> que pendejo y que... Oh, I don't know that. I don't know that. And yes, you do. Paternidad? Yep. Come on, Carla. How do you say generation? Generation... Generación. Yes, you're correct. All right. Do you have any words for me? Yeah, I got a ton of words for you. Okay, go Coming ahead. Coming down at you like a ton of bricks. Go ahead. How do you say childhood? Niñez. Niñez is childhood? Yeah. Okay. So what's infancia? Also childhood. Ah. <laughs> Niñez. Or, or, or infancia, you're right. Infancia, childhood. Yeah. Okay. How do you say motherhood? Maternidad. Okay. How do you say abuelahood? Abuelahood? <laughs> <laughs> um, el hood de las abuelas. El hood de las abuelas. <laughs> Abuelas. Exactly. All right. Another one done. Yep. Next episode is going to be Can Control. Episode 31. And I will be talking about spray paint and what I like about spray paint, why I got into spray paint, and why I still enjoy and I think spray paint is a great medium. 
and on culture talk we're gonna be discussing what is to be a latino hispanic and spanish that's gonna be a good subject yep and at the end hablando espanol so join us and happy father's day happy father's day everybody